for score. There's one rule. What's going on, everybody? What's up? Yo, rainy day. I kind of like it though. We need it with all the new sod work and new greens. I feel like the the most common complaint here at Franklin Bridge the past couple weeks has been has been how dry it is. Yeah, well, I can tell you, and the it's guys dry. doing all the work don't like how dry <laughs> it is either. Uh, but okay, I'm going to start out this podcast by talking yeah. about next week. Big things coming next week, man. Big week. Huge week. Big week coming next up. And we are going to be having uh, Stephanie Malloy come down from Connecticut. Yep. I actually met her a while back up there and when I talked about my book when I went up there. Very nice. And then we have um, Mr. Scott Spector. Student of mine, fellow colleague. Who's also been on the podcast making his second appearance. Yep. Stephanie, this will be her first live in person. She's taking vacation. Um, Come on down here and her and her husband just kind of traveling and thought they'd stop by. So we're going to have some fun. I think it's cool, too, because it's going to be our our biggest podcast yet. If you thought the 100th episode was big, we're going to have our biggest podcast yet. We have a sponsor of our next podcast, yep. which we can go ahead and shout them out. Uh, thanks so much to Srixon for sponsoring a giveaway. Yep. So we're we're going to have golf balls, golf bag giveaway. you got to be here to win this stuff. I'm going to be giving away free golf lessons. As always, free live um, Ask the Pro. We'll have a panel up here. Plus, we've got Jack as the amateur golfer. So, we have four people up here you can ask questions to. Um, and then, uh, big announcements on my fall programming the free River Club clinics um, for those that are River Club members. We've got the new Franklin Bridge Performance app. Uh, and we're going to talk about what that means, what it looks like. We're going to show it to you live. Um, and then. It's just going to be a blast. You do not want to miss this. A big kickoff to our fall. Exciting new things I have coming. I have an awesome program I haven't announced yet uh, that you will want to be a part of. And if you're here, you're going to get a discount if you sign up that day. So, Ooh, that's yeah, big. Dude, like, we are giving stuff away. Come in, hang out. If you're here um, on site, uh, you will automatically get a free gift from me just by being here. So that's huge. Uh, show up like it is free stuff. It's going to be a blast. Um, there's just so much that's going on. Like I've been here for 16 going on 16 months and, um, big growth, junior programs, uh, women's programs, river club clinics. We've added one hour free clinics. You can't get that anywhere else in the world right now. Year so, two, come on! It's crazy to me us. how much you've gotten done here at the club in twelve months, and I can't imagine. Well, I can in some ways because I, you know, you've given me a few insights on what you're going to do, be doing for everybody here. But yeah, the twenty-four months, it's going to be crazy, dude. I I'm just so excited about this next. Uh, really two to three years, and this fall is just going to be an awesome kickoff to it. So we're using this coming week as our big kickoff event, free lessons, discounts on future programming that I'm going to announce next week. You'll see uh, we'll have videos to show you of what that actually looks like. We have so much exciting content coming, um, and uh, you just don't want to miss it. So excited to have Stephanie and Scott here with us next week. 
in the flesh. And um, let's give it away, man. We're going to give a bunch of stuff away. You do not want to miss out what's coming here at Franklin Bridge. So now getting to the, the meat and bones of what's going on in this episode, since we still have a podcast to do, we can't just plug plug the fall all podcast long. I guess we could, and people would still listen to it because there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah. again, thank you, Strixon, for sponsoring the one of our giveaways for next week. But let's go ahead and dive into um, one, or I guess the three biggest practice misconceptions or practice mistakes and what to do about it. There you go. So, um, so. Let's just be honest. So you told me to bring a little more passion into what I do in in, uh, in these podcasts, right? So get a little more engaged, get a little more excited, um, and really like show how much this stuff means to me. And like making people better is my number one objective, and helping as many people as I can do that is uh, is it's just kind of at the core of who I am. Um, so with that. Um, Looking at the driving range, like every time I drive by it, if you're in a cart with me, <laughs> you got to experience this this last week. It's like, man, people are just terrible at practicing. Um, it's frustrating to watch them swing. It's like, if you would give me 30 minutes, not even. Some people, I only need 10 or 15. Like, just let me redirect how you practice and redirect what you're trying to do. And that's why the free River Club clinics are here. Like, if you're not participating in those, you are out of your mind crazy for not coming <laughs> to them. Like, don't be bashful. Everybody else hits bad shots, too. Like, it's a chance for you to ask your questions. Um, we just did 30-minute ones last year. We're doing one-hour ones this year. Well, and talking, too, about that, um, you're cracking the code class, which is your, your off-season program here at the bridge. We had um, one student, I think you know who I'm talking about, that we ran into coming in, and yep. she was saying that she, did she was it breaking 80? She broke 80 and was struggling to break 100 in so in she events. took she took 20, 20 strokes off her game in the span of maybe even more four to six months in in four months or it, maybe it took, even it less. took it took a little longer than the four month program, but she stayed with the content exactly. We did kind of a little follow up after that that they could participate in. That was just twice a month, and four of her last I think five or seven rounds have been 79, 78, 75, 76. Unreal. Like what? Like it just goes so, to show like how much you actually know and how much not just how much you know because pros know you know, PGA tour players know a lot, but just how much your your actual uh teaching style actually caters to results. Well and that's what it's all about for me. Like I'm not here to make you smarter. I'm here to make you better. That's that to me is like you're not here to know more information. You're, you're here to learn what it is you need to do. We're ch in the, I'm in the job of changing habits, not getting you to know something different. And changing habits leads to lower scores, whether that's mental habits, whether that's routine, whether that's swing, whether that's decision-making, um, whatever that may be, whether that's the type of shoes that you wear, the clubs that you get fit in. Um, we're here to make you better not know more you need to know more but you need to not know everything so well, let's dive into tip number one or misconception number one so the first practice error um i'm going to reflect back since we're since we talked about 16 months ago or 12 months ago when i started here uh 
because of COVID, we had to do a Zoom call instead of a big, like, kind of kickoff thing on the back patio here. And uh, Brooks asked me the question. He said, Scott, what's the number one error that you see people make? What's the most common error? And I, sometimes I love questions like that because I'm on the spot. You know, I've got about 10, 10 to 20 seconds to come up with an answer. <laughs> you know? um, and so I hadn't been asked that question before, but as I reflected in those few seconds, it was like, you know what? It's not over the top. It's not an open club face. It's not a bad grip. It's not a bad setup. It's not, uh, it's not YouTube tips. It's not tips from your friends. It's not even bad information. That's, that's even crazy for me. To, like, as I'm uttering those words, it kind of shocks myself a little bit. It's that people don't have the same thought from swing to swing. No joke. You walk that driving range. We need to do this sometime. Walk the driving range and just ask people, so what were you trying to do on that one? I was trying to, uh, I was trying to shallow the club. The next one will be like, I tried to shallow that one a little bit. The next one will be like, I tried to lay that one down. The next one, like, um, well, I tried to make sure my finish was good. I was like, dude, you, you've given me five different things, five different yeah, things, yeah. and five swings. Um, we actually had a guy uh, one time back in Birmingham. One of uh, one of our staff guys, um, young teachers in a lesson that he was assisting in, he just started taking notes uh, without us knowing. He was just taking notes, and we're like, man, Andrew is, like, really into these notes. What's going on? Well, he came over to us and said, and showed it to us. He said, these are the swing thoughts that this guy has said and the things he said about his golf swing in the last 10 minutes. I'm not exaggerating to you. I remember, like, he was going on post-it notes. He had to keep pulling new post-it notes. 23 different swing thoughts. And as crazy as that sounds... Most people, that number, they're actually pretty close to that number when push comes to shove. If you go over the course of a week, people will have rephrased or focused on something different in that time period. And I know there's some people out here who used to do that. Uh, so, and, and, by, and by consolidating that into uh, a more singular focus is huge. So that's the first error. Well, can I... Uh, I, yeah, I go think ahead. Here's what's... I think this might be... It might be due to the fact that we've talked a lot on this podcast about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how golf is a game where you don't have any other teammates, right? It's not like one guy can drive, one guy can be an iron player, one guy can chip, one guy can putt, right? And so I feel like there's so many different types of golf shots to hit that people don't like, it's all over the map. People don't know what to think all the time right and there's different there's different lies you don't know whether you should go with a 56 or a 60 or whatever and so there's like it's almost a game of just guessing and so people think that man if I can just find that one like thought that makes me swing better job yeah well number one that's your job but number two it's like that's detrimental to your game and we talked when we were out playing on Sunday how you had um these Olympic trap shooters when they show up to the park or the range or whatever they're at, they put on a song, right, or a metronome, and they'll literally walk to that beat and think to that beat and, and everything. Talk in and that rhythm. Exactly. And load their gun and unload their gun and clean their gun and set their stuff down all in that rhythm. Dude, and so I did that at just like the grocery store the other day. I had my I had my AirPods did in. Did you really? I had that. I had You're my, totally nerding out on this stuff right now. No, I am, but I, I did that <laughs> in the grocery store the other day, and I had my AirPods in. I was listening to a, a song, and I just felt the beat, right? I'm like 
very musically inclined. And so I was like, I, that that thought came back to me. And it was weird, like, how much you just kind of, like, you strut. And, like, your your posture increases. And, like, you feel a little bit better about yourself. And everything just kind of goes along with that. And so yeah. I tried that on my most recent round. And it was funny how all those swing thoughts that we're talking about just kind of go out the window when you're thinking in that tempo because usually swing thoughts happen when you're nervous and when you're trying to correct something and it's like your heart rate's up and everything's just kind of going 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 but if you can kind of slow your thoughts down rhythm feel the rhythm kind of uh it, it works oh yeah no absolutely and um it's i can't tell you the number of people that have come to me in the last week or two had a lot of new students in the last two weeks which is exciting i love that um get some new things to fix but how many people actually are trying to do the exact wrong thing mm. or they're attributing the error to the wrong thing mm. um, all the time? And so part of that is to try and I used to be, I don't know, I, I think this is my growth as a person. I used to be softer about that and be like and try to like fold into their way of thinking and now that I have the experience and the evidence in my teaching and coaching and people seeing it in their games, it's almost like I now have the confidence to be like, just as you've described your golf swing, like, I'm going to show it to you. But those three things that you're trying to do are not at all your problem. Mm. And here's why. And, like, I become more bold about just being like, no, that's not right. And But here is what's right, and let's get to work on it, and you're going to see it. I have one guy... This last week, worst grip I've ever seen on a student, and I left it alone. Oh. Now, you know how much I hate changing the setup, but yeah. at least in a first lesson like that when somebody can't score very well, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave it this time. I actually thought about changing it. I was like, if I change it, but if I change it, I lose. He actually has like an exaggerated Dustin Johnson wrist position which at the top. Which is great. Which is awesome, and he maintains it for a long time, but he loses it at the bottom. And so I was able to make one adjustment in the backswing and one adjustment at the finish. And he was like, he just kept being so excited when he saw how good the ball was. And he was so amazed. He's like, that's not, like, that's not even close to what I thought I should do. I was like, right. Like, what you're, you were trying to do is still not there, though. Like, <laughs> you're still not there. But, like, he was so excited. He's like, I know it's not there yet, but, like, this is amazing. I said, he's like, well, now i got to take it to the golf course. Like, am I going to be? I was like, yeah, you are. Just do that when you go play. Like, everybody uh, – there's this conversation of like, well, I can't take it to the golf course. I was like, that's because you're not feeling, you're thinking. Like, he could feel the movement. And so putting him in those positions, I, I mean, I didn't use very many words. I used enough for him to understand where his swing was wrong, and then I just put him there. Like, put it there, put it there. What does that feel like? Put it in that position and give me that finish. Those two things. And it was, I mean, you're talking about a guy who hit, We. <laughs> this is not an exaggeration. He added more than 40 yards to his eight iron. That's how, that's how short and crooked he was hitting it. Um, added more than 40 yards to his 8-iron. Like, he couldn't hit it to that hump in the back, which is like 100 yards. And the flag or that blue-white pole back there is 138. He was carrying it over the green. So we might have been 50 yards more. I'm just low-balling it at 40 yards long. He's like, all my irons totally. go the same distance. I was like, yeah, of course they do. Like, because the air, the swing is so bad. So question for you. Do you think these people who have crazy swing thoughts – crazy uh you know you've all you've you've had that golf lesson where people are like i just don't know what i'm doing like i'm doing this you know what i'm saying do you think that's all just insecurity and like not understanding 
or like having tried everything and not getting any results? And if so, like give your pitch on why people should come take a golf lesson or sign up for the oh, River Club giving, and get their 15-minute eval. You're, you're asking me to self-promote right now? Kind of. <laughs> um, you know how much I hate doing that. No, I know, but I asked you, so you're not doing it. Uh, you're not doing it for yourself. Um, well, I think it is out of an insecurity, but I think people want to be able to do it themselves. It's like golf is the most complex athletic movement in all of sports, and when you try and change one, you in effect at the very minimum will change twelve others. Now, here's the thing: you don't know what those twelve others are. I do. You can't see what those 12 others are going to be, and it, you might change 10 for the better and 2 for the worse and ride for a while okay, and then I know that's going to break in about 6 to 8 weeks. I can almost predict when people start describing their golf game and what they're trying to do, I was like, yeah, we're going to be about 3 months out, and there's the phone call. Like, it, it happens because you don't know what you're changing. And so, like, people will sometimes recognize certain cosmetic errors, but the question I always ask is, how does the ball know that? Do you think well, you you're could swinging too fast. I was like, I've never seen somebody swing too fast, ever. Even Bryson doesn't swing too fast. If he can maintain that speed and they can fit equipment that works with that and he can continue to find the middle of the club face, like when he hits it off center, he hits it wild. But when he hits it in the center of the face with that movement, as long as it's correct, nobody can touch him. Can you give an example, um, just while I'm sitting here, of something that you fixed in my golf swing that is a reason for people to keep on coming back to you, right? Like, what is something in my golf swing where if you let it be, I would have gotten progressively worse if you if we didn't keep on working on something? If I try to get you to hit a push draw, like a stock draw, I would have turned you into a two-way miss. You'd have a big miss right and a snap hook left. Mm. And your stock shot would be this, like, 15 to 20-yard draw if I sent you down that road. And then on top of that, you'd lose contact with the face. You'd hit a lot of thin and fat shots. So what that was was, what that was was, um, as we talked about, like your, one of your best shots is this little baby pull draw. It's just a little pull. And I leave the pull in there. If I take away that pull, and you can take it away. Like you, you've had times where you Did you know what that is, though? It's the baseball in me. I was a big pull hitter in baseball. That's, that's where I got the most of my power. Right. So we talk about dominant versus non-dominant habits. People are a lot of times are trying to change dominant habits when they're trying to fix their golf swing. Mm. I was like, some dominant habits are so detrimental that they do need to be changed. But in most cases, the, a, so for me, a dominant habit is one that requires a tremendous amount of work to change. And even if you change it under stress, the swing will revert far too much towards that old habit that you won't be able to maintain it under pressure. That's, that's great info. Non-dominant habits are ones that still require work to change, but under pressure and under stress, it won't revert nearly as much. It might tend to want to revert like 10%, but a dominant habit will revert 75. So go back to my swing. Yep. What is one dominant habit in my swing? This is to end out this portion of the this one. What is um, what my one of my dominant habits and one of my, um, what did you say it was? Non-dominant habits? Non-dominant. Yeah, yeah. So non-dominant habit would be the excessive wrist movement you have in the top of your backswing and your finish. Okay. So... That's one when I've asked you to change it, like with a wedge or when we hit that shot out of the rough, like a shot you needed, um, you didn't know how to hit yet. I was like, 
hey, let's just kind of dead risk this. No risk cock is what it's going to feel like to you. Uh, that no risk cock feel. You able you change that right there yeah. in a hot second. Um, a dominant habit for you would be as you rotate through, you have a kind of a draw pattern in your lower body and hips, but your upper body has this little bit of a pull in it, which is why you can hit a gentle pull draw. You don't hit a big pull draw. Mm. If I try and change that chest action, your hips actually slide will slide too much. So I can already tell this is going to be a downfall, like a, a dramatic downfall if you change it right away. Right. So if I try and change how the chest moves to shallow the club more, then I lose. I also end up losing your great hip action. It turns into a shift instead of a rotation. And then I also, you effectively will lose the face because mm. you'll get so far into out that then you'll have to really exaggerate the lag and then you'll have to try and hold on to the face at the same time. Gotcha. Rather than just leaving the lag in it and being okay with a little pull draw. Interesting. So, but this is great information for people who are listening to this and questioning whether that or whether or not they need to come get a golf lesson because I think people think that when they come get a golf lesson, they're going to get this massive dramatic change in their game and it's it's going to make the game not fun to play anymore. When in reality, if you if, come Okay, so you, here's okay, finish your thought. Well, when, in reality, if you come to Scott Scott's going to do what's beneficial for your game consistently, right? So you're going to fix right. what needs to get fixed. And then gradually over time, we'll start changing those dominant habits to where now you're going to have a swing that's going to be the best golf you've ever played. Well, and so here's, here's the self-promote pitch. <laughs> I can fix it really fast and permanently. People are like, well, I don't, you don't want to do a quick fix. I was like, I'm not giving you a quick, like, if you do it right, it should work. Like, you don't go, like, if you go to a trainer and you go to work out for three, day, for three days, you come back the next week, you will be stronger than you were the week before, assuming you have just a base-level diet. That is a guarantee. People that go to golf instructors either have had this experience or they know friends that have had this experience or they personally have had this experience or whatever, that they, you have to get worse before you get better. If you, are going, if you are going to somebody and you are getting worse before you get better, they don't know what they're doing. Let's just be honest about that. And I was in that position as a young teacher. Like, you have to go through that in order to learn the proper cause and effect. When I'm telling you 12 other things change, like, that's huge. And so that to me is what's fun um, is how many things can I fix with one? My personal record of, like, tracking it is 38. Like, actually going into the video in the 3D and actually going, okay, we changed these two things in effect to change 38 others. Or 38 total. So 36 other things changed in response to that. So, like, to me, that's what I'm really, really good at is knowing exactly what you need to do and just asking you to do those two things. And if you do those two, you will hit the ball better when you leave. That's insane. Love that. I just – and I, I had great training. Yeah. And then I have my own way God made me and my ability to see things and feel things and, uh, you know. So, for me, it's like – kind of coming back to the start of this it's like you need a singular thing to work on every single swing and people think they need swing thoughts I, you don't need swing thoughts you need one feel pursue it pursue it pursue it one checkpoint whatever pursue it until you do it right over and over and over and over and over again that's what tour players are doing the list of things that they work on people are like well they're already really good it's like it doesn't 
habit formation for them is no different than habit formation for you. In fact, it's probably more important for you as a novice player. They as just an know how to player. effectively train it. Yeah, but on they can put everything that they work on on the back of a business card. Scott's looking for a business card right now. But I think the point behind what Scott's trying to say is that a business card is so small, yet they have all they need to work on in, in, in order to become an effective player. Yeah, can't find one. Anywho. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, on the back of a business card and not in, like, super fine print. Like, here's my putting, here's my wedge play, here's my full swing, here's my one mental thing. And that's what they work on the entire year until they hit the off season. So, for me, it's one thought, stay on that one thought. Great. So... Let's hit the other two other, super quick. Yeah. We elaborated on that one, but I think it was really good information <laughs> for everybody. Did. So we'll so, do a speed round for the next two. Number two, when people – so my job as an instructor is golf ball. My job is to actually fix the golf ball. That's what you're coming to me for. If I change the golf ball pattern, we change the score pattern. So my job is to change the golf ball. Your job is to change you. I'm going to direct you where to look. I'm going to direct you what to feel. Um, I'm going to direct your understanding so you can kind of process it. But when people hit a bad shot, like they hit it fat, they hit it thin, they hit it toe, or it doesn't directionally go the way they want it, a lot of times before the end of that swing, they'll back out of there and go, ah, and grab another one. The problem is in that moment, what you're reacting to is the bad shot. You are not reacting to the incorrect movement. And if you are going to change a habit, you must be reacting to the correct movement. And I can tell you for a fact that emotional, like, eh, frustration, you cannot think clearly. So I've been doing this a lot the last two months is really training people to catch themselves in that pattern. They, like, get to the end of the swing, they come back, like, what I do wrong there? I was like, I'm asking you to change something in your finish or halfway through or what you feel, and you're not paying attention. Ignore the ball. Ignore the contact. Like, what did you feel? That one felt awful. Well, what felt awful? Well, the swing felt awkward. I was like, well, the awkward might be correct. So, like, it's only awkward because it's not what you've been right. feeling the rest of the like. J awkward doesn't mean bad. Awkward means it's different. And different, if you're coming to a golf lesson, is good. Assuming that the ball changes with it. And assuming that you have the right teacher. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, it's um, at the end of your swing is your chance to evaluate what happened. Like, you're frustrated by the bad contact. Your brain's hyper-focused on that. Give it a second. Hold your finish, even if it's terrible. Hold your finish every single time, which will bode great for you to handle pressure on the golf course. That's a completely sidebar. But hold your finish and evaluate. What did I feel? There's occasionally going to be like, man, my, I was thinking about what I was going to have for dinner tonight. Well, in that case, you can't even evaluate, like, I was like, whoops, I just wasn't thinking what I was supposed to think about. Or, you know, I felt that part, but I didn't feel the through the ball. So I hit two hooks on two the other day, just boom, boom, straight out of bounds. And I was like, that's weird. Hit one off the tee and then hit one on the second shot. I was like, that's weird. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, that feel is not the feel I'm supposed to have. Like, I know what it's supposed to be and got it corrected and got under control and hit it great for the rest of the round. But it's... It's the awareness, but people get so frustrated by the bad shot, they have no ability to go back and be aware. 
Now, your brain stores that information in that short-term memory, right, in the front of your frontal lobe before it gets stored in permanent memory. If you have that emotional reaction to it, you don't have a chance to grab that clear thing, and it's gone forever. That makes We need to have a podcast on just that topic. I'll let you title that, however, no. but like once it's once it's there, it's gone uh, forever. So you use that ending position to evaluate what happened. Um, I teach the golf swing a lot of times. I don't have a style. And if my style is anything, it's there's one rule and I do whatever's needed in this scenario. But in a lot of situations, I'll teach the ends of the swing because it's the easiest place to feel it and be aware of it. So you can be aware of the feel at the end of your backswing or near the end of the backswing or near the start of the downswing and you can do the finish people are really aware of those two pieces um or that's the easiest to be aware of great so you know it's you gotta you gotta do that number three i have to pick one you just have to pick one uh pick one and then we'll use it as a podcast for next week um <laughs> I've got two in my head I want to pick from. So we've done, what have we done so far? What is the one that amateurs Thought. can use to take the most strokes off their game the fastest? Get off the driving range. Is that one of your ones that you're talking yes. about? Yes. Uh, yeah, there you go. Gosh, get off the driving range. It's uh, it's exhausting and annoying. Like You're not getting any better standing there banging balls, especially based on the two things that we've already talked about. Well, we were talking about... And everybody does it. I've, I've done it myself, oh, even yeah. as a golf professional. So, like, I'm as much as I'm pointing fingers, like, we golf professionals do it just as much as everybody else does. Like, I have golf professionals that are commenting on my swing. It's like, I know my swing. Shut up. Yeah. And unless I'm teaching you, don't ask me. Well, that's why... That's where I get really excited is because it seems like here at Franklin Bridge, uh, our owner, Brooks, is really investing in our practice facilities. Right, mm -hmm. which is what I'm really excited about uh, for the potential of the future because Just Scott wait till and I our teaching building comes in. <laughs> Don't ask me questions; I'm not giving any answers. <laughs> but that's what I'm really excited about because Scott and I we played on Sunday and we diagnosed the part of the game that I need to work on in order to take the most strokes off my game, which is chipping. Right, but it was more refined than that. It was the touch and feel of it. Well, exactly. But I can't. I can't identify that on a driving range. I can't no. even identify that chipping next to the green. And that's my exact point is because if you come out here and you're a member here at Franklin Bridge, you're investing in our practice facilities that are coming up here in the next, you know, two years, however long it takes for us to get them in. But there's going to be more places to practice more parts of your game here at the bridge than any other place in the county yeah. or even in the state, really. And so we're going to be able to, for example, the only way that I can practice on my chipping is if I take the last tee time of the day and I go out onto every single green and I just practice a few shots on every single pin location, right? Yeah. But the cool thing is, is that if you Which come Which is out, a great way to do it if you're a member here. Totally, totally. Pay the 10 bucks, you get a, still get a draft beer. Yep. And a cart. And yep. just go play till dark and come in and get a beer when you're done. Exactly. But I think a lot of people think that they can fix their swing and take the most strokes off their game on the range, which is simply not true. You need the touch and the feel and the scenarios to be able to do it in a game-like situation, right? And so going out, <clears throat> going out on the course to be able for me to practice my touch and feel in certain like 10-yard 10 yard chips to tuck to pins to 
uh, 40 yard pitches to, uh, you know, a left side, back left pin, like being able to understand like the rollout and the releases of the ball in certain situations. Like you hit one the other day from like seven yards, but it was to this super tucked pin on six from seven yards. From seven yards, they just rolled up right in there. But it was oh, the most. Yeah, but it was the most complicated. Yeah, it was the most so complicated hard. pitch. Not even a pitch. Chip, that you could ever have. Into the grain, green up above me. I was, I was far enough away, where, I couldn't. I was far enough away where going up was an option, but it wasn't a good one. But I was close enough where. It's just this weird, like, if I'm back five more yards, it's a lot different shot. If I'm forward three or four more yards, it's way different. It was in a perfectly difficult spot to play from. And you put this perfect little spinny it's chip like on it that just kind of just or four died right at the hole. And yeah. it was crazy. But that's what I'm saying is that more of your game is centered in game-like scenarios than it is what you can fix on a range. And nobody knows. I feel like nobody understands that unless you're a really, really good player. Well, and in my book, I talk about the five questions, which we need to come back to that at some point. Or the four, sorry, not five questions. The four questions, like what is the lie? How far is it? Where do you want it? What can I do? Those four questions were designed under the premise that golf, you will face an infinite number of scenarios. And on the driving range, what, you're practicing at most, at most, most people on the driving range, let's assume you practice all nine shots, draws, fades, High, low, and let's say you practice three different distances, which most people don't. So that's nine times three is twenty-seven. Do some quick math for me, dude. Twenty-seven. You have your phone? Yeah. I'm a math major. People are like you're a math major. You can't do the math. I was like, we're math majors. I'm ready. That means we do the hard stuff. This is this is we do the easy stuff. Okay, twenty-seven times uh, thirteen. At most, you're practicing three hundred and fifty-one different scenarios. At most, on the driving range. You're not practicing uneven lies. You're not practicing downwind into the wind. You're not practicing um, holding against the wind or any of that. You're not practicing... um, Pitching, chipping. You're not practicing, hey, this is is the first hole. You're not practicing, this is the seventh hole. um, And I've just had four straight bogeys and I'm trying to get back... Or four straight doubles and I'm trying to get back to... Making pars or bogeys, like. Which shout out to our boy, Mr. Colin Morikawa, who says the range is your opportunity to literally put up a scenario in your head and practice that exact scenario, yeah. which is the best you can do on a range, right? If that's all you have, right? But that's just like get on the golf course and play. Mm-hmm. Get out there and play. Go, people are like it's expensive. That's why it's the River Club, ten bucks. You can get in nine holes easy for ten dollars a drink and a cart. After six o'clock, you can't beat that. No. Um, and then obviously we have our new putting green coming and our chipping. Um, what was the text I sent you the other day about? I was like, you need to come with me and watch me watch these amateur tournaments. We were at Nashville Golf and Athletic Club. I had I think a half a dozen uh, students playing there. Erica was playing. Uh, Jen, Joe, Aaron, Bill. All you said was uh, three other ladies. We need to go into an amateur event and watch together, so I can show you what I see. What did I say before that? Did I say something about how bad their chipping was and pitching was? Um, did I say that? You just said uh, people suck, especially <laughs> in their short games. <laughs> and you said their basic motion is just royally awful. 
It's gross watching it. Not even close. <laughs> right. And I'm just going, and they're all standing on the driving range. Which, which hitting golf balls. is ironically the only place that you can't practice this shot. Right? Right. But you can work on the basic motion, and everybody can learn that basic motion. Uh, right now, it's wedge month in my River Club clinics. And I may do a follow-up. I may change it. I may do a follow-up um, on those clinics. But, like, everybody can learn how to hit a basic wedge shot. And if you can do that, you can use it in so many different scenarios. And then I can teach you some variability with it. And then we can use that to carry over into your putting motion. Like, if you're here, like, it just... It was just awful. So many amateurs. And where do they all want to work when they come to see me? I would say well over 90% of people want to work on their full swing. Oh, you're saying that they want to. They want to work on. But what they should work on is their wedges. Right. And here's the beautiful part about working on wedge play, which is what I do with my juniors, is if you can learn the principles of good wedge play, that's impact. Those principles build into your full swing beautifully. The driver's kind of its own swing. So, like, I teach my juniors putting, wedges, driver. That represents, like, 85% of the game, roughly, 80 to 85%. You can fake the rest and just dribble along the ground. But people go, well, you know, if I could just hit my irons better. Well, they hit their irons better and the scores don't drop because they're wedge play and they're putting so bad. I'm hitting it so much better, but, you know, I'm still shooting 87, 77. 107, like whatever that is. And so it's like wedges, 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 wedges. And so Love like that. get off the driving range, wedges and putting. Go get a wedge lesson. And if it is complicated, then you're not getting the right information. So come see me. Like I'm here to fix it, and I can fix it, and I'm going to fix it. That's a guarantee. Just like you're going to a trainer, you're going to lose weight. You go to the doctor to get well. You go to the chiropractor to feel well, you know. You go to school to get smarter. Like, you don't walk out of class the next day going, I know less than I did earlier. No, you know more than you did an hour ago. So, come out. Let's get some work in. Free River Club clinics. Like, why? Like, I get a lot of the same people. It's, why are you out there on the driving range trying to fix it? YouTube can't fix it. You can't fix it. I can. Free 15-minute eval. And you can come to all the free River Club clinics you want just about. I have a little bit of a restriction on it, but, like, I can fix it. You can fix it. Stop stressing yourself out and stop embarrassing yourself in front of your buddies by trying and stop annoying your buddies by pretending you know stuff that you don't know. And, like, let's just fix it. I'm here to make you better and have more fun. Love that, love that. Well, we're going to wrap this one up. Again, I have to shout out our podcast. It's coming up on September 25th with Stephanie Malloy and Scott Spector. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Srixon, for sponsoring our giveaway of a golf bag for you guys who come out. You have to be present to win next Wednesday, uh, August 25th at 6.30 here on the back porch. We got our golf ball giveaway. We have our golf bag giveaway, thanks to Srixon. Golf and lessons giveaway. we have giveaway. our golf lesson giveaway, courtesy of Scott Hassey. And you have a panel of three golf professionals and an amateur to uh, ask any question insight. you can. I think so. I think I've got some decent insight. I wouldn't tell you that if you didn't. That's true. That's so true. You've helped some of my other players that have gotten to play with you. So That's very true. Well, um, we're going to wrap it up here, Scott. Any last words? There's Give me one t- rule. Shoot a lower score. <laughs> there you go. Uh, from Scott and Jack here on the back porch of Franklin Bridge, we'll see you on the next one. Peace.
Thanks you all for listening to this episode of the Champions Playbook. As always, you can find us anywhere that you guys are. So uh, make sure to check out Scott on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. His Instagram is at Golf. That's two S's and two E's. So make sure to go and check out everything that he's got going on over on his Instagram page. Uh, as well as make sure you follow Franklin Bridge. Uh, Franklin Bridge puts out some great things as well, and we want to make sure that we support them because they support us. So as always... Feel free to come by the back porch of the Persimmon Pub at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays to come and listen to us talk golf. So book a late afternoon round of golf, and then afterwards, come on inside, get some food, some drinks. Uh, We got some specials going on. We had some $5 flatbread pizzas. We had some amazing chicken tacos, as well as drink specials going on all night long. So make sure to support the Persimmon Pub as well when you come out. We would love to see you guys. We do one episode and then a live Q&A and then another episode. So from 7 to 9 on Wednesdays, we hope to see you soon, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.